Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Right, so this morning, it's awesome to have you all here. We kind of thought the first service was so big, we thought there might not be many people here, but it's great to see all your awesome faces. Especially big welcome if you're new here, if this is your first time, or if you've only been coming for a few weeks. We're just looking forward to getting to know you better, and just come and say hi to us if we don't see you first. Come and make yourself known. Okay, so this morning's message is called Together. Now, what do you think of when you think of this word? And in a moment, we will have a picture. Do you think of this picture? Okay, so this group of people, they're together. They're in a room. Maybe they're on the same app, some of them. Probably not. It's all about Jared. (laughs) Or maybe, when we think of together, do we think of this next picture? So they're standing shoulder to shoulder together with a common purpose. And they probably do heart to heart too, I reckon, looking at those people. Probably from a village. And they'll be doing life heart to heart. This is the kind of together I'm going to talk about this morning. So in the Bible, the Greek word that we're going to use in this context, and this is a long word, it's a tricky one to pronounce, so bear with, sung kiranumi, that's the Greek word for together, means to commingle, to combine, to mix with, to temper together, to assimilate. Okay, and that word assimilate, that's a big word, so I thought I'd look that one up. And that means to come together as a unit, into agreement or harmony, unified, considered as a whole. Good meaning there, eh? So today I get to talk about one of my passion points, and that is the church. No, I just love church. I love you guys. I believe in you. I believe in the church. I believe in the plans that God has for us together as a church and the plans that he has for each one of you individually in your lives. You know, he has such an incredible plan for us coming together, for us mixing together, all the different parts of us together, bringing harmony and becoming one, becoming a whole part. So what we're talking about today, it's not just some good idea, it's not a random thing, it's God's heart, and I believe that that is actually his plan for seeing the kingdom extended in this region. So let's just read 1 Corinthians 12 together, and we're starting at verse 6, but I'm going to leave some verses out because it's actually quite a long bit. So this is from the message translation, I just like the way it read, so let's read this together. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells. But no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blowing up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. A foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings. 
I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If Ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from your body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention, the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. Such a cool passage, eh? So a little bit of background info. So this is Paul writing to the church in the city of Corinth. Um, and they think that at that time, like there were almost twice as many slaves as free, po- free people living in the city. The city was widely known for its immorality. And Paul was writing this letter to bring instruction and to bring restoration because he'd had reports from a few different people saying that there was division in the church and different factions and things. You know, and the things he's speaking here, they're not just good words, they're not just some cool idea, but they're actually words that will transform a culture. We're talking about slaves and free people being together. He's talking about them being equal. A huge concept for the culture of the day and still for our culture today. You know, and the analogy of the body that it's talking about there, as it said in verse 25, this is about um, the church. It's about us being together as a church. The church um, is God's people. We're not talking about a building here, so God's people. All right, can we have that next picture up? So here we see this famous picture. It's a slight difference, as you might notice. That was so that you didn't get distracted during the message. So let's just pull out some points from um, the verses that we've just read, and I believe they're really important to us as a church um, and in understanding who he's called us to be. So the first one, in order to be together, the body is God's design. Now, God created our physical body. He created it intricate, amazing, so many different parts, each part unique, diverse, but it's in perfect harmony. Now, when it's working together well, it's just in this perfect order. God said it was very good. But he also created the body as in you guys, as in the church. This is his design too. Many parts, but one, together. Just take a moment, just turn around, look next to you, look behind you, look in front of you, just look at the people around you. No, this is not a random mix of people. We all look different. There's all different giftings in the room, but this is not random. This is God's design. He has placed us together in this building, in this moment in history for a purpose. Do you believe it? Yeah? I know it's true. and I totally believe God's going to show us more of what that purpose looks like. But he's placed us together for a purpose. The second point, all bodies have a head, believe it or not. The head is the source. You know, what good would a body be if there was no head? Not much good. You know, we wouldn't actually survive. But if we could somehow survive, there would be no order. There'd be no structure. Just, you know, think about the headless chicken. Jared knows about those. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 1 talks about Christ being the head over everything for the church, which is his body. I just think a massive yay that God gets to be the head. We don't have to be. Can you imagine what this church would look like if there was a whole lot of heads? Scary. 
Um, The Passion words it is this, he alone is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth. So Jesus is the head, he leads us, he directs us, he's our why, he gives us as a church, like it says in that verse, everything that we need to accomplish his plans. The next point, every body part matters. So I looked up what the word body, like the definition of body system, um, and this is what it said. It's a collection of parts able to work together to serve a common purpose, growth, reproduction, and survival. Each part is working together. Each part is necessary to help the human body to function as it should. And not just to function, not just to survive, but to grow, to reproduce. So it is with the church. All parts are needed together, working together. Every part is valuable. Every part is significant. Every part is unique. And we need to work together, not just to survive, but to thrive, to grow together, to extend his kingdom. So just back to our scripture for a minute about the foot. The foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings. I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye. I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? No way. You know, I love the way this is worded because I think it rings so true for how we often view ourselves Um, and that comparison thing, which is just so yuck. But, you know, you guys might not at all be like this, but I spent years comparing myself to other people. Like, I just, why couldn't I have that gifting like that person? Or I wish that I could do that better. Or... That person would be far better at doing that than I am. Does that sort of ring familiar for anybody? Or, Yeah? I think we do this to try and figure out who we are, to try and figure out our place, um, how we fit. And sometimes it's really hard to stop ourselves from doing this, but we actually just have to. We can't afford to do this. Now, looking in someone else's mirror, that's always going to give us a distorted picture. You think of two images trying to go on top of each other. It's never going to be clear. Only when we look to Jesus are we going to find a perfect um, reflection back. Now, all comparison does, it's just awful. It just steals and robs from us, and I believe it, you know, tries to destroy our destiny as well, and it lies to us. Often it comes from just that thing of not really liking ourselves, not really um, liking who God's made us to be. So what do we do about that? I think the first thing we need to do is just know for ourselves that God loves us and then start loving ourselves And this is a journey. This is, once again, not something that we do on our own. But if that's where you're at, then I just encourage you, please get real with someone. If you know that there's bits about yourself that you don't really like or just generally just have that eh feeling about yourself, talk to one of the leaders, talk to one of the people care team and just journey that through with someone. And let's also be people who just refuse to agree with lies. And I just enough of that, enough of that stupid comparison stuff. That's what the devil wants us to do. Let's not just give him any ground there. Just say, I'm not going to compare myself with anyone else. So when a thought like that rises up, like, oh, that comparison thing, like, oh, I wish I could be like that. Just say no. Just say, stop. I'm not listening to you anymore. Hand it to God. And then ask God, God, what do you want me to know instead? What what do you want me to know about myself? Um, We also need to know this next part too. And if you don't know it for yourself in here, in your heart yet, just choose to start agreeing with it. God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. He has placed me, he has placed you right where he wants you. That's what the scripture says. That's the truth. He has you where he wants you. 
just want to share a little bit of a story about the appendix. So appendix is, I don't know how big, do you know how big Louise? It's pretty small, eh? like this little, little thing in your body. And I remember it was probably during nursing training learning that the appendix um, was there, but it was kind of thought of as an unimportant organ. Like there may be a purpose, but you know, we don't really know what it is. Also, most of what we know about an appendix is that it causes problems for some people and pain and all that sort of thing. So I thought I'd look on the internet the other day and just finding out amazing facts about the body and I came across a number of articles that said something like this one. Recent research studies have claimed that the appendix may have a function after all, which is to act as a storehouse for the healthy bacteria needed by the body. That is a very important job right there. Balance in our digestive system. Isn't that interesting? A part that you know, we thought, what's the point? It actually has a good purpose. It's how God designed it. Now, if you don't quite know where you fit yet, what your purpose is, then I'd encourage you just talk to God about it, first of all. Talk to the people around you, like your friends and your family. Often they can see the cool qualities that God's put within you before you can see them yourselves. And then just start giving some things a go. Try some things out. If it's not quite the right fit, try something else. You have permission. In this church, we give you permission to try different things. You know, God needs you. He wants you. He's given you the giftings that he wants you to have. Just pause and reflect on that for a minute. He has actually given you what he wanted you to have. He's put all the parts together, the different parts, you and me, right where he wants us. It's his design. It's his purpose at work here. You know, we as a church need each one of you. We can't do the job that God's got for us as a church if we're all just trying to be each other and not the thing that God's called us to be. Be the best you that you can be. And here's a thought. If you don't be you or don't do your part, then others are going to miss out. The next thing, a body is interdependent. No one is more important. We all need each other. Um, Verse 25 in 1 Corinthians 12 says that our bodies are a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. Now another way of saying this is probably like the bits that are up front and visible that you see and the parts that are behind the scenes. Um, Now of course this is way bigger. We're talking way bigger than what we do together as a church when we meet together. But Um, it's a good analogy if we just think about Sundays. So you'll see the band up here playing amazingly, playing their hearts out, singing their hearts out, and don't they do just such an incredible job, guys? Awesome. So you see that, and you'll see one of us preaching. You will see... Yeah, preachers are awesome. Yeah, yeah. I should have got the same response, shouldn't I? Yeah. You'll see one of the host team. Greeting you, saying hi, welcoming you. So you see all that kind of stuff. But do you see the person that's here at 8.30 setting up the chairs? Or who, they are amazing. Do you see the people that are picking up the cups and doing the dishes after church? We love you. Do you see maybe the mum that has just smiled to a new person that's walked in and, and welcomed them? Do you see the person that's down here on a Saturday cleaning the toilets? Yes. I see you. You're amazing. 
you may not notice, moving right along, the person in worship who's sitting a few rows behind you, who, yep, they're there worshipping God because they want to connect with him, but they also know that they're there to help others connect with him, so they're wishing their heart out for you as well. All these things, you know, all these people, we don't see them, but they are so important. Church wouldn't be what it is without them. Um, just thought I'd look up the word interdependent as well, and that means related in such a way that each needs or depends on the other. What would church look like if we were like that? It's about connection. It's about oneness. So living like this also means that if somebody's suffering, if someone's hurting, one part of the body's hurting, then, you know, we all feel it. I was thinking back to Josiah last year when he broke his leg, and it was kind of like about just under his knee on his left leg, and yes, that was the bit that was affected, and it was hurting, but other parts of his body hurt too. And then um, when we went to see the doctor about it, other parts of the body got involved. His hands got involved in pushing people away so that they wouldn't touch him. His mouth got involved in using his words quite clearly that he did not want anyone near him. He was protecting his leg Um, Then as he began to want to move again, other parts of his body took on a bigger role, so he started crawling again. So he had his hands in action, his arms, his shoulders, other muscles, and he had different parts of his legs working. They all stepped in to help out while his leg healed. So it is when one of our church family is healing, uh, hurting. We're affected. We hurt. We might also be able to step in and cover and protect them. No, love covers. We might be able to step in and start doing some of the things for them. It might be as simple as making some meals because that's one thing too many for them. Give them time to heal. It also goes the other way. We rejoice in someone else's success. We celebrate them. You know, let's really be a church that not only journeys the tough stuff, but we truly celebrate from in here other people's wins. No, Being interdependent, it doesn't mean being weak. It's just about living totally connected. And it means that we need to keep short account with each other, to forgive, to let go. That takes strength. It means each of us doing our part so that the whole can be all that it's meant to be. No, it's not just some fairy tale. This is not just some make-believe thing or some good idea of God's, but like how could that possibly happen on this planet? I truly believe that this is God's plan. Now, over the last couple of years, I've seen more and more, um, I guess, people just rising up into their giftings, just going, yep, I'm going to do that. That's what God's called me to do. And um, more and more people just valuing their part, more people seeing the gold in others, more people just um, living as that body of Christ. I'm hearing more and more stories of the way that people are just getting in there and loving people with action, not just words, but going in there, whether it's making meals, cleaning houses, fixing things for people, whatever it is. Love being shown in very real ways, and I believe we're going to see more and more of this. Okay, let's just go to a little bit of the why together. Why do we do this? So the first reason, I think, is one called shalom, and that might be a strange one to put in there, but shalom is all about completeness, it's about peace, it's about well-being. You know, when our natural body is working as it should, there is total harmony, there's order, there's that shalom. And you know, everything is working together so well that we're kind of not even aware that it's working. Um, So that's how it is with our body. I believe that's God's heart for this church too. Such unity, harmony, togetherness. Everything healthy and functioning well. Everything doing its part. 
The next reason for the why is connection. He's designed us to be people of connectedness. He's designed us for, I think, incredible levels of this, more than we probably actually know right now. Connection with him first and foremost, but connection with others. He designed us to need each other. You know, right back at the beginning, he said it's not good for man to be alone. It's a model that he shows us too of how we do life. Jesus showed us when he walked on the earth. He didn't just walk along and do his own thing on his own. He had his close friends around him. He had his disciples around him and a whole lot of other people. So let's be people who stay connected with each other and guard that connection as well. Don't let anything come in between that. The next reason is because we're supposed to display him. He chose us, everybody here, and a lot of other people to carry out his plans on this earth. And I, sometimes I kind of go, why God? Surely it would have been easier if you chose another way. But that's what he chose to do. God, in his wisdom, chose us to carry out his plans. Ephesians 1, we, his church, are his body on the earth and the completion of him that fills all things with his presence flowing through us. In 1 Corinthians again, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. It's the word of God. Like, Just pause on that a moment. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Each of us has specific things that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Good works, specific different jobs. But I'm not just talking about work here. I'm talking about the way we live our life as well. The body's not just about work. It's about play. It's about joy. It's about fun. It's about life to the full with Jesus. And we want to display that as well to others. You know, the things that we do, the way that we live, it's supposed to show others God. It's supposed to point people to him. Like I said earlier, someone might miss out if you're not being and doing your part. We need each other to more fully display who God is. The next thing is we're supposed to reveal his love. And the Bible talks about us being known by our love for each other. You know, that's our heart, Glenn and my heart, and the heart of the leaders here, that we would make his name famous in this region, that the name of Jesus would be the most famous name. And we're only going to do that through love. It has to be our why. It's got to be what motivates everything we do. The early church, Acts 2, says that all the believers were together. They sold their possessions and gave to anyone as they had need. They gathered together. They broke bread together in each other's houses. This is such a picture of community, of togetherness. And I think it's a picture of transformation of a culture. It's awesome. Our love for each other reveals his love to others. You know, how much do we know and understand his love for a start? And then how much do we love others? And the final point I want to make here is the power of one. Think of how much more power there is when a group of people come together towards a common purpose compared to just one person doing it on their own. Think back to that picture of the fishing net. Would one of those people have been able to pull that net in? No way. But as they come together, their combined strength, their combined energy, they're able to pull that in, that big load of fish. There's so much power and strength when we come together as one. God's kingdom, his purposes being accomplished on this earth can't happen if we're all just going about our own thing just in some random way. But as we come together, each doing what he's called us to do, I believe we will see this kingdom extended. Now at the end of last year, God spoke to me specifically around the word unity, that we were going to see just an increase in the level of unity this year. And I don't think that's something that just happens. Yes, we can pray about it, but it's something that we've actually got to go after. 
We have to fight for it. We've got to choose to just, at times, just get in there and have those tricky conversations, you know, to keep short accounts, to forgive people, to let nothing come between us in unity with each other, in unity with God. It's worth guarding. Now, the Bible says where there is unity, God commands a blessing. And I really believe that the impossible will start to become possible as there's greater unity. God's purposes being fulfilled. You know, the power of one, he can't help but bless it. I just want to show a little clip at this time just to kind of highlight this point. Just have a watch. Isn't that just such an amazing clip? So cool. You know, one person probably wouldn't have managed to move anything. A few people might have, you know, moved it just a little bit. But together, with them all doing their little part, they managed to move that building a long way. That's awesome. Now this morning, just as we close, there are some choices that I think we need to make, and you may have already made these choices, but there may be one that God's just highlighting to you that you need to lean in a little bit more. The first one, we need to choose to live with God as our head, as our leader, as our source. Are we living life submitted to Him? Are we living life with Him being the one that just moves through us, that empowers us. We need to choose to embrace each other. Are we doing that heart to heart with people? Are we really loving people as he wants us to? We need to choose to embrace ourselves, who God's made us to be. Just saying, thank you, God, for who you've made me to be. And even if you don't feel those feelings of, oh yeah, I feel amazing about myself, just start thanking God for who he's made you to be. Choose to embrace your part in this, your call. Like I said earlier, if you don't know what that is yet, just start giving some things a go, start talking to others. And we need to choose unity, choose oneness, choose togetherness. As a church, Like I said before, I so believe that we're called to this unity, to this oneness. The early church, they're a model to look at. I don't think we've probably yet seen what exactly this looks like, but I know that it's God's heart for us to be so unified, so one, that we're fully together, that we're assimilated. And just in this moment, I just felt that it would be good to make a response to God and just to hand some things over to him. So if you just want to close your eyes and we're just going to ask God some questions and as you ask God these questions, just know that he does want to speak to us and that might look different for different people. He might give you a thought in your mind. He might give you a picture. He might put um, part of a Bible verse in your mind or it might be a feeling that you get. But let's just ask him some questions. So the first one is just do this in your heart with him. Ask him, God, is there anything holding me back from embracing togetherness? And if he just shows you something, just encourage you just to hold that before him, just in that kind of place of surrender, just saying, God, I maybe don't quite know what to do with this, but I give it to you. And just ask him if there's a next step that you need to take with that. The next thing to ask God 
God, is there anyone I need to forgive? And you'll know if there is. God will often just put a name in your mind or give you a picture of someone. And if you're ready to forgive that person, then I just want to lead you in a quick prayer right now. God, I come to you today. And I may not have all the feelings right now, but I just choose to forgive this person. And in your heart, just name the person. I forgive them for, and just list off to God those things. I choose to release them from all judgment. I choose to forgive them now through the grace of Jesus Christ. And God, I receive your love, your washing, your cleansing over this and your healing. Next question to ask him is just, God, is there another step that I need to take here? And finally, God, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to tell? What do you want to tell me about me? You might just get one word that God whispers to you. Or a picture, something that's just for you. job. Hey, let's just stand to our feet and now that's the kind of prayer that you can pray any time with God. Like I said before, to forgive someone, you don't have to have all the feelings. It starts with a choice. I just want to pray over you all and then I'll just hand back to Jared. God, I just thank you today for this incredible group of people that you've put together. God, the plan that you have for bringing us together at this moment in history, we thank you for that. God, as a church, we just choose to embrace unity. We choose to embrace each other. We choose to go after togetherness. And God, I just thank you right now in this place just for your incredible blessing just filling and flowing over every person here. God, your love filling us your peace, that shalom peace filling. God, your grace just at work in each one of us. God, I just bless every person here just to be everything that you've created them to be, to see themselves as you see them, to value themselves as you value them. And God, we choose to do that with others as well. We choose to value other people as you value them. And we ask for your strength to do this. We just give you all glory, God, all praise and all thanks for what you're doing and for what you're going to continue to do in this church.
in this region. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz.